Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. I want to take a minute to let you know all about a brand new contest put on by my friend, Bello Cipriani, who you heard in episode 114 telling us all about queerness, blindness, and disability. Well, he started a publishing company a while back called Ola Books, and they are committed to amplifying the stories of disabled writers. This year, in partnership with Pen to Paper, an international creative writing competition with the Coalition of Texans with Disabilities, Oleb Books has announced a new award for disabled writers, the Oleb Books Personal Essay Award. For this inaugural award, the team has chosen the theme of disabled parents. Now, I know there are so many disabled parents out there with something to say and a story to tell. What are the challenges of being disabled and raising a kid? What is disabled pregnancy like? Could you be a disabled mom or dad, or neither, or both? And so much more. Winners of this contest will receive $50 and have their essay featured in an anthology published by Oleb Books and be part of a big national marketing campaign. You can enter the contest by heading over to olebbooks.com contests, or you can click on the link in the show notes of today's episode of Disability After Dark. Thanks, friends. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. You know how on the show we talk a lot about how do you disclose your disability to somebody on an app? How do you tell that person on Tinder that you're a wheelchair user? How do you tell that person on Grindr that maybe you have an invisible disability? Well, now there is an app for singles with health challenges and disabilities that I want to tell you all about. Friends, I am so excited to tell you all about the brand new Lemonade app. It's a new dating app designed for singles with health challenges and disabilities. With Lemonade, trying to come up with the right way to tell your partner about your health or worrying about what they may think will be a thing of the past. And I love this app so much because when you go in there, you can download it on the Apple Store or Google Play. And you download the app and you have a spot where you can optionally decide if you want to disclose your disability or your health challenge in whatever way you want. You can say, I have CP. You can say, I'm a wheelchair user. You can say, I live with an invisible disability. You can say, I have psoriasis, if that's what you're dealing with. You can put whatever you want to to disclose your disability as you choose. And I think that's really, really cool. It allows for you to go on a date with somebody and to be your true self on the apps. And I think that's really important. So the Lemonade app was officially released late last year, and they've just launched a Kickstarter page to help raise money to build out a national ad campaign to bring in users quickly. I love their mission, and I'd love for you to have a chance to to test it out. Um, You can go on and download the app completely free at no cost to you, and you can support the Kickstarter. You can go to supportlemonade.com today. That's support, lemonade, L-E-M-O-N-A-Y, de.com to back the campaign. Check the show notes for details. Thanks, friends. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Cripple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, 
the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hey friends, welcome to a brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. My name is Andrew Gerza. I am a disability awareness consultant, triple content creator, and your disabled dreamboat and the host of this show. Let's shine a bright light and get the show started. Whoa, I just listened back to that and I sounded like one of those smarmy, like, car salesmen from the 50s. Like, hey, do you want to do a thing? Let's try to be all, like, professional and cool. But hey, it's Andrew Gerza and uh, let's do the show. First things first, just want to give a shout out to some new Patreon pledgers that we got over the last week. My friends at the Multi-Amory podcast, a show that I was a guest of last year, pledged $10 to the show to help keep the show going, and I, I am so thankful for that. That means so much, and that's awesome, and they're all amazing over there, and I highly recommend that you listen to their show because it's a really great resource for people who want to consider polyamory and want to consider the way that feels, and it's a really great show. So multi-amory podcast, I don't have a pun. I tried to think of one pun, a bunch of puns with multi in it, but it all came off a little bit too dirty. So uh, thanks so much for (laughs) pledging to the show, and I appreciate it. If you are listening to the show and you want to pledge, go to patreon.com slash content. And you can pledge as little as $1 a month to keep this show going, and you'll get shows early, bonus interviews, things like that. So, yeah, thanks for pledging, and uh, now let's get to the show. For this episode, I sit down with my good friend, Spencer Williams. He's a columnist with the Vice Canada talking about sexuality and disability. Uh, he was featured in a documentary a couple years ago through Vice about all about his experiences using sex workers to navigate his need for sex and to lose his virginity with a sex worker. Um, we have a really honest, frank, raw chat about that. And what I loved chatting with Spencer and why I was so excited by this conversation was because, as you know, I recently started talking about my experiences working with sex workers and to sit in a room with another disabled person and have very similar conversations, felt super validating for me, and I was excited to share that with him and to have that chat. So we talk about his experiences with sex work, we talk about um, his experiences trying to navigate bars, we talk about all of that stuff and more, and this was a great, great fun chat. So I'm not going to ramble on anymore, and I'm excited to share my chat with Spencer Williams right here on Disability After Dark. Spencer Williams, hello. Hello, Andrew. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to have you on Disability After Dark. We've been wanting to do this interview for like at least at least a year. So at least like three. At least like three. Has it been three already? No way. Well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy that I'm happy that it's finally happening. 
Yeah, um, me too. We, why don't you introduce yourself and tell the audience who you are and um, yeah. All right. Um, my name is Spencer Williams. I'm a freelance uh, writer, mostly writing about sex and disability for uh, Vice and um, looking to contribute to um, other publications and, you know, just looking to um, get into creative writing and and I'm even thinking about writing my own story. So uh, nice. We'll nice. see how that goes. That was disability code speak for hi, hire me. Hi, I'm here. Hi, hire me. So anyone yeah. listening, and you're you're in Vancouver, right? Yeah. Anyone listening in Vancouver, two things: help me get back out there because I fucking love Vancouver. I want to come out there so much. And two, hire Spencer Williams to write about sex and disability, or yeah, or other things i guess we should we should collaborate on something you heard it here first that's we're gonna we will it's well we're collaborating right now it's happening right now yeah um so i want to jump right in because you you don't shy away from sex and disability stuff at all you're like you get right in there so yeah i want to do the same thing for you um you were featured in a vice documentary back in 2016 all about sex and disability and your decision to hire sex workers and i i watched it today and i hadn't seen it before like i knew you'd done it i knew i had been floating it had been floating around and people had sent it to me like randomly but i was like no i want to wait till i actually can sit down with spencer and talk about it before i fully watch it so i watched the 17 minute doc today which is which is available and i'll put the link in the show notes for everybody um that was really, it really hit home for me because I also have just kind of come out pretty publicly about working with sex workers and I've been doing the same for about two years now in Toronto. And in watching your doc, I was moved. I was moved, but not in like a inspirational, porny sort of way. I was moved because it was like basically watching a version of myself um, kind of go through those experiences. And I, you talk really frankly with these these vice reporters about your experiences and, and then they show you with the sex worker do like having your session and doing all that and I, I it was literally like watching something me and my sex workers would do so it felt like I was seeing a version of myself um just tell us more about that tell us about how that came to be tell us about your decision to work with sex surrogates like to give me that backstory um well basically uh <laughs> Um, when I was in, uh, sorry, um, so basically all that stemmed from watching, you know, American Pie as a teenager. Um, I got this idea in my head that I needed to, um, lose my virginity before high school was out. And, um, you know, the, um, just that American Pie um, idea always stuck in my head. I needed to lose my virginity right now. I needed to lose it right now. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? Um, there's more important things in life than than um, virginity. So I just focused on high school. Um, and then after high school, 
um, the more I wanted it to happen. And um, I'm curious, though, like you said, you you know, you you wanted to lose your virginity with this. You had a certain timeline set up for yourself, which, you know, that speaks to because I had the same thing. I had a timeline set up for myself at like 16 is like the yeah. the age that everyone does it and 16 is like the age of like sexual awakening and so I want to have it too and so I feel really kind of I feel very similarly to you like I've wanted when I was in high school I wanted to get to fucking do it with somebody before high school was done so I could say like yeah I passed that test and so I I definitely feel that way now when I watched American Pie as a teenager you were probably all about the girls in that movie I Wanted to bone Stifler so hard. I can't tell you. <laughs> I I know what guy would what what guy wouldn't right? I mean I mean Sean William Scott, give me a call. Hey. <laughs> hey. Um. So 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 okay. So you made the decision. You made the decision to focus on high school, and then and then what happened from there? And then like okay, um, I was just sitting at home one day. Um, my dad was listening to um, uh, CBC Radio, and this piece on sexual surrogacy came up, and um, promoting this um, service in Vancouver called Ease, I believe, um, and it just made me realize that okay, this is it. It needs to happen now. So, you know, after I listened to that piece, I was like, I was like, okay, jump on the computer, do some research, let's do this thing. And then I was like, okay. I love how you were just like, okay, gonna just hop on the computer and, and like, gonna just, like, like, it sounds like you, is this something you thought about a lot before you, like, hopped on the computer and did research? And then that piece is like, the catalyst for you to that thing on CBC what was the catalyst for you to make this I mean it's a pretty it's a pretty big decision I remember when I made the decision I was I was sitting at home too and I was horny and I wanted to get off and I was like you know what I'm gonna go on this site and I'm gonna just look I'm gonna just look I'm not gonna do anything I'm just gonna gonna like contact one or two workers say like what's your deal and I wasn't intending on hiring somebody the next thing I knew I was like sure here's my Here's all my things. Like, come on over. Like, let's see. Yeah. Like, like, so did you, was it something you really thought about or was it something you kind of did impulsively because you knew otherwise you wouldn't do it? Well, I, 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 it's something that I thought about to a great length at first. And then, and then I was like, and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to quit fucking around here and let's just, you know, let's just sign, let's just sign up. You can't put a price on intimacy, right? So, I mean, you really can't. And I mean, I think one of the things you say in your film with the worker, and like she says to you, like you had a, and I, I'm, I have a feeling Vice, and correct me if I'm wrong, had a feeling that Vice like kind of manufactured that conversation because it, it, I've sat with workers and I've had talks, and but we've never like we've never naturally been like, yeah, I feel blah blah. So I was laughing because I was like, because I've done docs too where they get you to be in these pretend situations that you would never actually be in. And so you're sitting with the worker and the worker says to you like, yeah, it's all about investing in yourself and it's really important. And I, I love that, but I was giggling cause I was wondering, did vice like kind of manufacture that conversation for you or was that a natural? Oh, uh, well, 
you know, you know, it really didn't feel, uh, it may have looked manufactured, but that, but that conversation was actually as natural as it could possibly get. Wow. That's awesome. Well then kudos to the worker and you for having that. Go- like that's like, like my workers and I don't generally, like I will sometimes tell them how I'm feeling and I'm, I am not shy about sharing my experiences with them and being really vulnerable about disability, but generally when it comes and I have, but I have said to, much like you say in the piece, you, like you talk about investments and I have said to my workers like, no, this is a decision that I'm making to, um, to invest in my sexuality and I want to do it with you. And so like, I'm glad that th- I'm glad to find out that was a real conversation because sometimes in sexuality and disability docs, a lot of stuff is like true to life, but also super manufactured. So I'm glad that that was a real talk you had. Um, one of the things you mentioned in the doc that really struck me as I was watching was that your dad was supportive of your decision and your mom, not so much. Would you be comfortable sharing kind of both of their reactions and how you felt about it? Um, well, actually, um, they're like, you know, they're, um, they're both kind they're both, um, actually, they're both actually quite supportive. Um, but I, um, they're both actually quite supportive, but they, they really don't want to be like mentioned in the, uh, public eye, so cool to speak. Beans. We, then, I, then we will just totally move along to the next question then. Um, but so, so they're both, so your family, they do, they do, they are supportive of the thing. They're good. They're happy with. They, they, they are, so, like, they are supportive 100%. And, uh, um, they just, um, they just don't want to be like associated with it. They're happy they're happy that I'm that I found something that I'm that I'm passionate about, um, and you know they're happy that I'm like you know getting out there and like meeting people. Um, yeah, awesome. like awesome. And just so because people can't see, and we didn't we didn't kind of break down um, your disability. You live with super palsy and you're a wheelchair user, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, you know, uh, I have, um, I have CPM, like, I'm almost 27, and, um. Oh, you're still so young, such a baby still, like, oh, I wish I was still, I, I, wish, I wish I was 27, I wish. I probably, I probably would describe myself, if I had to describe myself as, as, like, an actor, I'd probably describe myself as like as looking like Ryan Reynolds or something. I don't know. Um uh, or Daddy. I mean looking at you right now, I don't I'm not seeing Ryan Reynolds. I am seeing I mean, I'm glad you have the confidence that you feel like Ryan Reynolds. That's great. That was that wouldn't have been my first choice. I can't think of an actor that you that you look like. But I mean, you're both from Vancouver, so you got that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what my question was before I went off on three tangents. 
which is kind of a, a staple of this show, me going off on random tangents with guests. Exactly. Um, so, uh, so you, so you made the decision to work with sex workers. So tell me about, tell me about like the cost of that, because I know for myself, like with the work that I do, I can afford, I have the privilege of being able to afford working with somebody. What's that been like for you being, t- tell me about the cost and what that, what it means for you to put that money down. Um, well, like I said, um, you can't really put a price on intimacy, but like, you know, a cost for something like that would probably be around like a couple, couple hundred, couple hundred bucks maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, um, so, yeah. so with that then with that cost and knowing like knowing some like I, I live on my work and also a little bit on social assistance so I know that it can sometimes be you kind of have to balance like oh can I afford some can I afford some sexy time today can yeah. I like do you have you run into feelings to feelings like that where you need to like decide do am I gonna do am I gonna do like a, a disability related thing and and take care of money that way or am I going to be frivolous and decide not frivolous but am I going to decide that I want to be sexual today is that kind of how like how have you navigated the the discussions of cost for yourself I mean I mean I've just I've just uh, it can it can be hard sometimes but sometimes like what I do mostly is I just save is I just like save up and just yeah yeah it's all, it's all in the savings and so and so does like does do and like when i pay a worker i feel really proud to be like yep put my money down to get my dick sucked like this is an investment that i'm making in me for the next hour and a yeah. half like this is my this is my time for that do you like when you when you paid do you feel is there a sense of pride with that? Is there a sense of like I made this money, this is mine, and I'm gonna make this choice? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I 100% feel feel like that. I mean, like, and um, you know, the feeling of being able to provide that for myself is just it's just one of the greatest feelings. Right. I totally agree with you. It is really one of like. When you know you, when you have, and I've said this in on the podcast before, when you've made the decision to hire somebody, there is a really big sense of power of like, I made this decision, this is mine now, and I like I don't have to go on crappy dates with people who are ableist. I don't have to like, I mean, you can if you want, but you have this as an option for you where you can have like carefree, sexy times and not have it, not have to have it be full of all the other stuff just to get to maybe going on a date with somebody you get to do be a sexual being without worrying about all the other stuff um yeah speaking of all the other stuff though you did you went on a podcast the other day and i heard the clip on it was on the uncomfortable blog podcast yeah. i think and yeah. you, you were talking to the host about uh kind of the emotional side of that and kind of what it feels like to to be with a worker and understanding the boundaries of that, but also kind of wishing that there could be more to it. 
And can you kind of share that those feelings you have about that? Well, I I just I just want I just want some I just want like an experience to feel as organic as possible, and I want to try to like um I don't know I just just want it to feel like like a like a girlfriend experience or a taste of of that um a taste of what it could be like to you know date somebody because like I'm like I'm afraid of I'm afraid of rejection I, I I find that my wheelchair is like the biggest cock block mine too friend mine too so I, I understand um and I think I think we're all afraid of rejection I think when you are whether you're invisibly disabled or visibly disabled I think when you live with a disability, rejection is commonplace, and it's so common. How do you like? How do you navigate that? And how do you navigate? How do you pick yourself up all the time? And so, one of the ways that you kind of, one of the ways that you kind of hype yourself up to go into these sessions and not feel so rejected is you mentioned that you in one of the articles you talk about, you know, watching watching that movie, the sessions before you kind of do all this stuff with the worker. I critiqued that movie on the podcast a few weeks ago um and when i initially when i saw that movie too i was like wow it's great and now i have some other thoughts on it what does that movie like what does that movie mean for you and why is that movie an important part of your like understanding to work with a worker well that that um part of watching that movie for me before a session is just like it gets me jazzed and it gets me excited and it's like it's like oh my god I'm gonna I'm gonna go do this thing and it's gonna be awesome and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna get off and it's gonna be great <laughs> do you ever have like I, and I'm asking because sometimes in my sessions with my workers I really 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 want to get off and because I'm so excited to get off I don't get off do you ever have Moments where you were the worker and you're like, oh, I didn't, I couldn't come. Fuck. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I mean, like, all, all, all you have to, all you have to remember is like, um, um, it's like, I know, like, I know you're like, you know, paying for time, but you know, just, just remember to, you know, just remember to uh, relax and. I find the relaxing part can some like can sometimes be super hard because, yeah. and definitely there's a pun in there about my hard dick. Uh, it can be yeah. it can be, <laughs> can be super hard to relax sometimes because you have this really like this really attractive person there, and this is like your yeah. one shot for the for the for half a month or a month or sometimes longer, and so like yeah. you gotta take it. And then when your body's like, nope, sorry, you're not gonna come. Like don't. And then it's like, oh, fuck, well, the, great, I just spent X dollars to not come. Awesome. I know, I know, I know. I know, it, could, it can be, um, it can be, it can be ridiculous sometimes. Is there, are there any other parts of the movie, the sessions that you really uh, relate to now that you work with sex workers? Uh, I, don't, I don't know, like, um, I guess, you know, the feeling of, of like knowing that somebody else is 
lost their virginity to or lost their virginity with uh, sex workers. You know, there was, you know, at first with me, there was a bit of, there was a bit of shame and like, yeah, tell me, tell me some more about that shame. Cause I've, I experienced the same thing and I'd love to hear how that felt for you. Well, I like, I, I, I like spending time, you know, with, with these people. Um, and I, and I have fun, but, but when I started out, it like, it's just kind of, um, I don't feel like this so much anymore, but when I started, it feel it felt like it devalued, like it felt like it devalued me. I felt like I was being used and like spit out. Yeah, and, and like they're gonna go live their real life, and you're just gonna be there in your room waiting for the next session when you pay. And like, I I have come across that with some workers too, where like they're friendly when they're with you, and they're your friend. Like that you have a relationship, but they have to set a boundary, and that that's been hard for me because I'm the guy that wants to experience everything, and I think I had to teach myself to not get attached too much, and to be like, yep, in our moments we'll be together, and otherwise not like. No. And so I had to really teach myself to be like, yeah, we can, we can, like, I have their numbers and we can text occasionally and say hello, but they have a life outside of this and I have to be respectful of that. And that's been, that's been tough for me to navigate sometimes because I'm really yeah. emotional. Like if you're, if I'm going to suck your dick and vice versa, I want to have you in my life. That's how, that's just how I feel. And so to have to, to erect, pun intended, to have to erect, this, <laughs> like to have to erect those boundaries sometimes and have those boundaries constantly reminded to you can make the decision to work with sex workers feel not bad, but just different than a fully organic relationship. Yeah. I feel the, I feel the same. I feel the same way. Like all, all I want, all I wanted, all I want is like a, like an organic, uh, an organic, um, not just a taste of that. I feel like there's another pun in there, a taste. Uh, definitely sex pun intended. Um, <laughs> sorry, keep going. I'll, I'll make jokes later. Uh, well, I, I, <laughs> I just, like, I wanted, I want more than just a taste of um, the sweet, sweet nectar of, like, wow. You know, and enable bot like, like uh, of a uh, like a relationship. But you know, you know, besides you know, besides like, besides that, um, yeah. I just I just want like, I just want to feel loved, and I want to like you know like feel close to somebody and I want them to love me back, right? Oh, my so. heart just broke in a thousand pieces because you literally, you, it, you sound like me. And, like, so welcome to the club, friend. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to segue out of that, but I'm going to try. Uh, so you also do some other, you did some awesome writing for Vice, and that's kind of how I stumble on you. I remember stumbling on your work, like, three-some years ago. I don't know how. <laughs> 
I stumble on you, but somebody sent me one of your articles. And then I looked over your portfolio today, and you've written a shit ton about being disabled and, and trying to access sexuality and going to bars and trying to access dating things. And I, I love a lot of what you write. Um, you wrote an article for Vice about your experience experiences in bars as a disabled man and why you don't like them. And I really like that because I, too, hate bars as a disabled man. And so can you share with us some of your experiences being disabled and being a wheelchair user, trying to access bars and what that's what that means for you? Well, um, when, you know, when I go, when I go to, when I go to bars with people, um, you know, it's all, all I want to do is just, you know, sit down in a comfortable environment and have a drink and just, just talk. And, 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 um, most times like, it in in bars it can be like quite um quite loud and obnoxious and not not accessible not not um not wheelchair friendly there there could be um there could be no accessible washrooms or there could be like uh um there could be a barrier to like uh getting um there could be a barrier to getting to what what i want which is um getting getting laid or uh there could be a barrier like because some like i've you know throughout the years i've had um i've had male and female uh, care attendants, and whenever I'm with like like a female care attendant, like people always assume that like we're in a, you're you're in a couple, and you're like no no that's just the person that helps. Yeah, exactly. Pee. Like thanks, but no. Um, so yeah, but don't can't you tell your attendant to like politely fuck off? Be like thanks, go like go over there. Yeah, no, like, they're, they're like, like, you know, like, the people that I have are pretty, like, are pretty good at, like, um, you know, letting, letting me, letting me be independent and letting me, you know, experience my space and, and, you know, they, they want, um, they want what's best for me and um you know they want me to be as independent as possible yeah totally and they only step and they only step in like when i when i when i need when i need them to um i don't know but i don't i i don't know how, if i could take my attendant to a bar i don't know i'd be like hey um like I, I don't know which is why i don't go to bars anymore because i need you know, my my care needs have become more complex as I get older. You'll you'll find out when age becomes you. You'll you'll see. Um, oh, oh. Uh, they it, they become weirdly more complex, and so I don't. I just was like fuck bars. I'd rather just have a guy over and like, and like, hang out, and then he can we can have a drink at my house or you know that kind of stuff. Would you yeah. uh, like? Would is that more comfortable for you if if a 
if like a, if a girl you like would be like, hey, can I come to your place and have a drink? Yeah, that that would certainly be that would certainly be my ideal situation. That or like go or like going out for going out for coffee or like going out for lunch. You know, um, any any anything but a bar. Because you know, bars are not bars are not, not accessible to the wheelchair user and to many other people with disabilities because they're just not. So if you wanna if you wanna get with some hot wheelchair buddies, don't go to a fucking bar. Just PSA, everyone listening, don't go to a bar. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, what would you, okay? So if you had to create a bar for a disabled person and you had to create like a bar that was just for us what would you do how would you change it Spencer I well you know I would just um, I don't know you stumped me on that one um, like would you want it to have like no no stairs and no like lips and like would you well, want well like like well like like ramps and elevators all over the place um you know, um, and like, you know, I would want it to be like a comfortable, comfortable venue where like, you know, like we could like, you know, could like have fun and dance, but still, you know, still, still talk and have dinner if we wanted to. And so like, would you want, I, like I would say for a bar, there needs to be accessible bathrooms everywhere. There needs to be oh, there's people. Hi, person. Um, there needs to be access. What else? There needs to be like attendance available all twenty four seven at the, in the in the bathrooms. They're just like standing there waiting for us if we come in and need to pee. That should be a thing yeah. that happens. Um, that that's and something else that needs to happen is. Is there needs to be like, um, like, like bar, like, like bar attendance almost. Yeah, definitely. There needs so for for people that don't have their own like, for somebody who can't bring their own care worker. Yeah, there needs to be like a bar worker, a, a person that's paid by the bar to be like, oh, you're disabled and you need to urinate. Let me sure that's my job. Let me help you. Oh, you want to eat? Some fruit that you can't pick up by yourself? Cool. I will. My name is Blah, and I will totally. I would fucking love that so hard. Somebody out there in the world who owns a bar, figure it out. Yeah, like that. That's something that uh, would make it. Would make um, the experience more accessible. Definitely. For, or, sure, for sure. Or yeah, I think. Um. So I want to ask you more about your writing and kind of, I would say you're a disabled sex journalist. That's kind of the title that I've given you for myself. Uh, and so what is it like for you kind of being a disabled sex journalist? And what's it, what's it been like for you kind of writing this stuff and being so open about it publicly? Um, it's been kind of, you know, it's been kind of li like liberating. Um, and you know, you know, just being able to um, express myself, have my own like 
express my own view on how I feel. That's, you know, that's been like the most freeing thing I, I think I've ever experienced. And like my, I, I feel that my voice is, uh, you know, not been, uh, silenced in a way that is not, um, well, you know, there, there, there's been people that's not agreed with what I'd say, but like, um, that's the story of my life every day when I, when I talk about disability stuff, somebody will be like, well, actually no. So I'd like, and I think when people don't agree with us, especially in our community, we've hit a nerve then and it forces them to reconsider stuff. So I think all the views are totally valid and important. And I think what you're doing and like, I remember some of the stuff you put out there about, about, um, some of the articles about like you, you, the article you wrote about the winter, about like trying to be at home all the time and the articles you've written about fetishism and stuff. You, you're putting stuff out there that we don't get to talk about enough, especially in the like straight male space. We don't talk about sexuality enough around disability. So it's kind of awesome that you kind of, kind of said, fuck it, I'm going to write about this. And so I applaud what you're putting out there. And what was it like for you to kind of pitch those, the column to Vice? Well, I just wanted, like, basically, this column is, uh, you know, I just want to get the, you know, I just want to get the conversation started. Uh, I just wanted to comfortably put sex and disability in bed together for the very first time. Um, I feel like I'm talking to my version myself. Awesome. Um, and so Vice was Vice receptive to that idea? Were they like, yeah, sure, great. Or were they like, um, we want to make you change five things? No. No, they, they were like, um, okay, so basically some editors saw like uh, my documentary and they were like, okay, uh, you seem like you carry yourself pretty well. So we'd like, um, we like to, he we'd like to hear what you have to say. So like, you know, just, just be your, just be yourself and we'd have, we'd be happy to have you. Um, wow. Cause usually when you're pitching stuff, especially around disability, I find that editors, they're excited by the idea, but they're also real, some of the editors that I work with are like, oh, yeah, okay, we gotta, let's change this around, let's make it more palatable to a uh, non-disabled audience, and a lot of your work is really directly speaking to, like, disabled people, and so I'm glad that, that Vice kind of lets you have free reign there. Yeah, they, they, they've been really awesome. That's fantastic, and I, I cannot wait to see more of the stuff you write. Um, you also mentioned in your questionnaire to me, you mentioned that you want to do porn. So very first question, what is your porn name? Hmm. I, I, I haven't thought that far. What? Um, that was the first thing that I would have thought. My name is, 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 what is it? Ben Wellington. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh... I don't know. I have to get back on that one. Using the first street you grew up on and your first pet's name. What? 
You know that that grade eight game of where you can use like the first street you grew up on and then your pet's name, right? So, or the first street you live on and then your pet's name. So your point name would be. <laughs> um. 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 Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, I don't know. We can, we can, <laughs> you can figure out what it is. Um, but tell me about kind of like why you want to do porn and like what, and I've talked about like my desire to do gay porn as a disabled person. Um, and more and more I talk about it, the more and more people are like, oh, you want to do that? Sure, let's talk about it. So like, what do you want to, by being in porn, what do you want to see? Is it, is it an opportunity for you to just fuck cool people? Or is it like, do you want to use your, disabled status to kind of create change in the industry what are you looking to do with that well i i i know i i noticed i noticed something i i at the at the beginning of um i mean no at, near the end of last year or something um i went to uh I, I went to Dan Savage's Hump Film Fest um, here in Vancouver, oh, nice. um, and I was like, and I was like, and I was like, wait, and I was like, wait a second, wait a second. There is no, there is no disability, there is no disability representation on screen. I need to change. I need to change that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah so basically i i got i got in touch you know and was like hey you know would you be interested in maybe doing something or like having me um oh wow it's like actually happening it's good it's you're gonna and so you well I don't know if it's actually happening yet, but but um, but it's in, some something's in the works. Um, Amazing. Well, in the meantime, come up with a sexy disabled porn name for yourself. For sure. Uh, that's like, but so do you want to like, so so again, do you want to like, do you want to just be a disabled porn star, or do you want to like make sure that disabled people have representation or is it is it a bit of both like you want well i i i would i would say i would say it's a little, i would say it's a little bit of both um i i, I want to make sure that there's a represent representation but i also i also want to do more stuff uh you know like my vice documentary um and expand on the expand on that message that i'm trying to tell and having hot sex on camera is a cool way to do that i think yeah exactly um yeah. one of the things you brought up in your questionnaire and you've talked to me about kind of offline for a little bit now and i want to really carefully bring this up because it isn't it's not an easy subject to talk about, and I want to just say content warning. We're going to get into some deep stuff for a second here. You mentioned that you wanted to talk about 
sexual abuse and disability on the show today. And I want to give you a chance, if you want to and feel safe and relaxed, to do that, to, to talk about that if you want to. Well, I, I just, I, um, you, you know, um, you know, consent, consent is a really, consent is a really important thing. And, and especially with this, especially with people with disabilities, uh, cause like, um, you know, when you have people, when you have people who are working really close with you, you have to have that. So you have to have that. Um, you have to have that trust in the, and then you know. Yeah, completely, totally, um, and so. I don't want to. I don't want to go too deep into things because I want to protect your privacy and protect your all the things. But what? So, what would you say to other disabled people who maybe have experienced abuse and who maybe? What advice might you give for them to to protect themselves? Uh, well, you know, just just try and you know, just try and like. speak up i know i know i know i know like you know i know that situation is you know very vulnerable and and when people say like you know speak up report it it's 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 easier said it's easier said than done um because and if we're talking about disability abuse and uh you know attendance abusing clients there's a huge power imbalance between the client and the the or the consumer and the attendant. So to report it can sometimes then sometimes the management doesn't take you seriously and those things can totally you might lose care if you report it. There are things that can be really concerning if you report abuse, but I, I mean I say I say that not having experienced what you have and I but I also think that people with disabilities should, to the best of their ability, try to report this stuff because the more we don't talk about it, the more it keeps happening. And because disabled people are vulnerable, we do get abused at a much higher rate. So I want to thank you for being open about that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, that was an awesome interview. I had a good time. Do you have anything else you want to share? Anything else that I haven't gone over? Anything else that you want to talk to me about? Uh, I don't think so. I think I think I'm I think I'm good. Uh, you can. Um... Oh, wait, I actually forgot. I had one more question, and I totally was gonna not, and I'm glad I remembered. So you love music, and you have like hobnob with basically all my favorite Canadian bands. I kind of hate you for it, but also good for you. Like, you have taken pictures with Hannah Georges, who I <laughs> who I love so much. Hannah Georges, not that you'd ever listen to my show, but if you if you are, I love you. So my question is, as a music aficionado and somebody who loves the tunes, when you're with a sex worker, what tunes do you put on? 
Um, I don't know. I mean, it just depends on just depends on the mood. I I I would uh, like no question. I always put on. I always put on. You know. Um, music. I always create playlists to match the mood. Um, okay. So, all right. So then, what's your like sexy? What's your sexy? I'm gonna get my dick sucked playlist. What's like? What's what? What is that? I I don't know. Um, but but one of the one of the songs that always popped up from time to time is um. And I and I know you like this one too. Uh, Hannah George's "Love Seat." Right. <laughs> I am so happy to know that that's on your sex playlist. I don't. I've never put her on my sex playlist, but when I'm having a depressing day about boys, I will put on "Love Seat." I will put on. And anybody who's who is listening and who's like, who the who is Hannah George's? Go on your music streaming service right now and download all of her shit because it's the best. And yeah, I, I love being Canadian for, so yeah. So I will put on, what do I like of, of hers? I like somebody. I like her lovesick song from back in the day when she first came out. Yeah. I, but I mean, I, I'm just starting to, to, to make sex playlists with lovers and a lot of gay men like, like really, sex beats like really like dance music and i'm like no can we put on some like emotional feeling songs and so yeah i'm yeah. I, I i like that you get off to hannah george's songs when yeah. you're the worker. Uh, and, <laughs> and hannah george's if you're listening you probably didn't know that that's what we did <laughs> but now you do um this was a fun and important interview and i'm happy we finally got to do it um how do people get a hold of you spencer uh, for sure. Um, well, probably the best way to get a hold of me is um, is through Twitter at um, DJ Spencer Music, um, and also people can get at my Vice column by googling. Spencer Williams and just putting vice after my name and I will make sure that um, All of that is in the show notes So that anybody who who is looking for your stuff can find it when they click on this episode Spencer I love that we chatted. Thank you so much for your time today and for finally coming on disability after dark Yeah, I'm super stoked about, about this <laughs> I am I'm super happy. We did it. I'm, I'm proud to know that we both work with sex circuits and sex workers it's really nice to talk with somebody about that quite openly and to know we've had some of the same experiences. You're awesome. Um, and thank you for coming on. For sure. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. All right. So that's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. I'm, of course, your host, Andrew Gerza. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. If you want to follow my work, you can head on over to www.andrewgerza.com or follow me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza. You can also follow the Disability After Dark podcast on Twitter by following DisAftDarkPod. You can also follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disabilityafterdark.
It would also be super awesome if you could leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts so more people can hear about the show. And if you are able and want to support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash cripple content. This way we can do, do things like get better equipment, you help me make a living doing this thing, you help support content made but made by and for people with disabilities, so I can't thank you enough. And you can pledge whatever you can and as little as $1 a month to make it as financially accessible as possible. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next time, right here on Disability After Dark. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations, with music by Chris Ujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2019